This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. And welcome back into the OBR podcast recording here for Tuesday morning. It is still victory week following the Browns uh, 34-20 victory over the Washington football team, WFT. We'll have Stephen Thomas on here in a second, but make sure you go over to the OBR.com, a part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Check out all the work there. Jake has already broken down some of the run game stuff uh, that we've seen. Uh, Fred has his Greta Mangle up as well as some injury news and some of those kind of things that we'll probably hit on here uh, in this podcast. But again, make sure you go over to theobr.com. We have some interesting stuff coming out over the next few days. Uh, But first, let me talk to you about DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Let's do that. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national chains like Chipotle, got that right finally, Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory. But many of your local favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Uh, that's what Melissa and I like to do. So uh, just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners can get a $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE, that's all one word, that's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And now I get to welcome in my guy, your guy, the funny guy. <laughs> Brother, how are you doing today? Well, we won. It's always better after we won, right? I mean, I haven't worn pants since about 4 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, so that's a good thing. For who? For <laughs> me! I'm the only one that matters. Yeah, bless your wife, bless your wife. So, uh, <laughs> if you guys don't know, Stephen's been uh, doing a great job on the uh, the main account at, at, o, at the OBR. Um, and so, make sure you're following along with him and whoever else is running that account on game days. But, Stephen, we won. Two and one, uh, the Browns, tw- uh, 34-20 to 20 against Washington. Uh, just what are your takeaways? What are your thoughts on the win uh, two in a row now against a, a struggling Washington team uh, in a game that was in the balance in the third quarter and they kind of took over in the fourth? What are some of your thoughts coming out of that game? Well, I mean, it, my thoughts are pretty much Dennis Green. They are who we thought they were. Um, they just showed it more in week two. They're a good team. They're not a great team. They're a team that has improved in a lot of areas but still has a lot of holes and questions. I mean, the offense, when clicking, uh, and it's not clicking on a regular basis just yet, but when it's clicking, it can be a thing of beauty. It's one of the best offenses we've had a chance to watch here in I don't know how long, and I think it's going to uh, continue to improve over time. It's funny because, you know, the angst people are showing 
Um, when was the last time we scored almost 70 points in two weeks and everybody's bitching about the offense? It, it, <laughs> I mean, that's, it's a nice position to be in, but it was just like a week ago that everybody, everybody was saying, okay, be patient, give it time. This Stefanski offense takes time. I mean, Kirk Cousins after week five last year, yada, yada, yada. And now they're just throwing all that out. And they just, you know, this is it. This is the offense. If you step back and look at it from a, a live reps standpoint, we're just now getting through the preseason. Three games of live reps against guys in different colored jerseys is usually when you now you're ready for week one. So it, not just for the Browns, but all over the league, I'm very curious to see what happens over the next week or two as guys start to, you know, quote-unquote, round into playing shape or however you want to phrase it because they're basically just now starting the reg, what would be the regular season if you look at it from a reps uh, point of view. I mean, the offense has weapons all over the place. The, I think the offensive line is uh, actually better than we thought it would be, and we all thought it would be improved. The defense, on the other hand, uh, has holes and question marks, um, but they're getting reinforcements back from more reinforcements back from injury, uh, unlike the rest of the league, who seems to be dropping people like flies, um, and it can only help to get more bodies and more options back there. So I really think the needle is pointing up for this team here uh, in the next couple of weeks because, I mean, there's been so much arguing about Baker Mayfield since the game on Sunday, but if you step back and really look at it, he is getting better. He's progressing. He's looking more comfortable in this offense. Uh, And if he can... In 2018, Six showed us all that if he's comfortable and confident... He can rip it, and he can be the reason that you win games. Uh, that's not why they've won the last two. They've won with him, not because of him, as Jake is so fond of saying. Uh, but I think that guy is still in there. It's just a matter of can this coaching staff coax it out. Yeah, and I think the the reality is, is for the Browns, it's it's about the long term, and you know, long term this season as well as long term, long term, right, and right, and years to come, and so. You know, if right now Baker Mayfield's throwing for under 200 yards and no interceptions and, and the Browns are putting up 34 points, obviously the defense helped with their turnovers and, and short fields. But, you know, it's something that I've written about over different times when I thought the Browns were going to be good, and that's that this fan base has to start to learn what it's like to to root for and follow a good team. And I know that sounds <laughs> weird to say, but they're not ready. Like, you know, they're not – you, you turn on a game of Tom Brady or Drew Brees or whoever over the last few years, and I remember watching those games and watching Drew Brees just overthrow somebody or throw the ball in the dirt or, you know, just throw the ball all over the field or throw an interception and realizing how a Browns fan would react to that given the way that we right. – We've experienced things, and so I think it's just going to be a new experience and and realizing that good teams do stupid crap, right? Good teams, mm-hmm. good players make mistakes, good quarterbacks throw interceptions, you know, all of those kind of things. But for right now, if, if they are choosing to make sure that certain parts of the game are going well, you know, and, and we'll figure out the Baker, the, the pass game, then great. But, again – the past game got three three really key crucial third downs, mm-hmm. and so we can't minimize them. So I do think it's it's interesting um, as we get excited about the team, just what it's going to be like to possibly have a quality team to root for. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if fans know how to do that. 
Well, and they beat two teams that they should have beat. Everybody's they well, it was just the Bengals, and it was just, you know, Washington, they're not very good. Yeah, but how many times over the years have they lost to teams that on paper they should be? How many times over the year? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And you, you mentioned the turnovers in the short field, and people are saying, oh, yeah, but, yeah, but... Well, first of all, don't minimize five turnovers. That's not a yeah, but. That's, that's a big deal. And two, again, how many times has the defense created a turnover in the last 10 to 15 years, given them the short field, and they either, you know, they can't punch it in, they miss a field goal, maybe they get a field goal. I mean, how many times as a Browns fan, like you said, in our mindset, they get a turnover and they start at the, you know, I don't know, the 29-yard line of the opposing team, and you think to yourself, okay, if they can somehow avoid penalties and sacks, they might be able to kick a field goal. Now they get that and you go, jam it in, punch it in, and you're disappointed if they don't get seven out of it. And that's, I mean, it's such a huge improvement from where we have been. And like you said, we're just not ready to embrace that. you you got to learn to watch the game differently, and that's hard. I mean, I've written a lot of articles where I make light of the fact, you know, the OIC that's in every one of us, the, the Cleveland fan, but it's a very real thing. And, and, you know, for us older fans, it dates back to the, you know, all the way to 88, you know. I mean, we remember. So and just as a Clevelander, you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're always waiting for the cartoon anvil to fall from the third story and hit you on the head. And at some point, if this team continues to progress, like I, it's all the pieces are there for them to do it, we're going to have to learn to let go of that. And it's terrifying. <laughs> it really is. I'm really, you know, I would say I'll encourage all of you, watch some of the good teams. Like tonight watching Baltimore and Kansas City, like that's not the stratosphere that the Browns live in right now. But even maybe Pittsburgh or, uh, you know, some of those, even New England currently without Tom Brady and, you know, all of that. Watch some of the good, not great teams and see how their games go because the reality is their games – probably are going to start to look a lot like the Browns game, and that's how kind of the middle-of-the-road, good, playoff-caliber-type teams are going to look, and then hopefully the Browns can step up into the next kind of level in you know in that near future. But it is a part of a process, and I think you know it's, it's fun. Like, enjoy it, and then we can break it all down. That's what I said on Sunday. Win. We'll analyze everything anyways. Just win. We'll analyze it and then go win again. Like, that's what we need you to do uh, as a fan base, as a media. You know, it's 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 enjoyable to have a team to cover and to, to root for that is good. That is a lot of fun for us, um, just like the draft is. And we're going we're gonna to move right into the draft uh, with Steven because we, we know Steven knows the draft and cares a lot about it, uh, especially mock drafts. Um, but first, let me talk to you about Pepsi. Um, for Stephen and I and others, thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they and we have joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how much you watch. I know for me... I love watching offensive line play, like uh, watching just these big dudes smash into each other, watching Wyatt Teller, you know, pull out on the left side and get out in front like a bulldozer. There's just so much fun to watch about football. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those 
who watched the game. Pepsi, made for football watching. Stephen, did I just describe you and I to a T? We're not the 1% of the 1% of the 1%, are we? Uh, no, and if you replace Pepsi with wine, it was me to a, to a perfect. It, it's absolute, it was me without question. There's a there's a little California in Stephen when he makes that statement about some wine action. So so Stephen, as we look to move forward to the draft, last week I gave you the impossible homework that you I haven't even asked you whether you were able to, or willing or anything. I just gave it to you and I still haven't asked you more about it besides telling you I was going to ask you about it. So did you find me a gem, someone to fight Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes uh, and to to counterbalance their their amazing ability that's coming up in the draft that you think the Browns should draft? No. Okay, good job. (laughs) (laughs) There is no Lamar stopper. There is no Mahone stopper. It just, and that's not just this class. I can't think of anybody, you know, in the past 10 years that coming out of the draft, you would think, okay, this is the guy. It just, it doesn't exist. But maybe we shouldn't be thinking in that manner, because I thought a lot about this after you gave me uh, the homework. I've been, I believe it or not, I did. I thought about it almost every day, and every time I would run through the simulators, I would, I would have it in the back of my head. The, the game has changed and evolved so much, especially just here in the last, you know, God, three years, maybe five to seven years, if you really want to stretch it out. It's, the rules have helped that a lot. It's slanted way more towards the offense. Offenses are far more complex, and they schematically make it impossible to cover everybody all the time. So, you know, whereas, especially for us older folks, you think of, you know, quote-unquote great defense as the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens or, you know, even the 2013 Broncos or the Legion of Boom or whatever you want. The days where a defense like that just can go out and just, just smother an opposing offense for 60 minutes week in and week out, it just... It just doesn't seem like it's possible anymore. Even the best defenses in the league will have two or three plays a game where some dude is just running wide open with nobody around him for 15 yards, and they give up a 35-yard play. That's just the way the game has has evolved to this point. So, But finding a, a Lamar stopper or a Mahomes stopper, it just doesn't – it's not there. But maybe there's a combination. Like maybe there's a – uh, an overarching athleticism that you can put onto your defense that will help contain him. Because we talked about this last week. If you look at the, the week one game against the Ravens, and obviously the scoreboard didn't reflect it because they ended up getting whooped, but there was a lot of times where it was only because of Lamar Jackson being Lamar Jackson that it wasn't a 12-yard sack, and it ended up being you know a 25-yard pass play. I mean, the defensive line got penetration. They forced him off of his spot. The the defensive back's even covered for three, four, five seconds, but he's just that good, and he made the play anyway. So maybe if you put enough athleticism in your back end, you can you can sort of minimize those plays, the number of plays that he makes like that every week. Maybe if you get a, a Chaz Surratt or, or, or a, a Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa uh, plus a Colby Harvell Peel or a Reed Blankenship plus a Caleb Farbee, Farley or an Elijah, you know what I mean? You you find another lockdown corner to pair with Denzel, and then maybe you have, and we've already got enough on the front four that we can get home without blitzing. Maybe at that point, you have enough back there that you can have a dedicated Lamar spy. Now, Lamar being Lamar, he's still going to beat that guy 50% of the time. You can't stop him. Um, But... 
if you can get to that point where you can take an, an Owusu or, you know, a Chaz Surratt or whoever it is that you've got at linebacker um, and make them the spy, or maybe you drop, you know, one of your safeties down if, if Ronnie Harrison can progress like we all think he can, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, why he isn't playing a lot, or if Grant Delpit comes back, whoever it happens to be. You can put a dedicated spy on these guys and sort of minimize the plays they made with their legs. Then you got a fighting chance because you've got players all over the rest of the field who are covering their guys. They've got great ball skills. The pass rush is already there. So it just doesn't – there isn't a Lamar stopper. Like we talked about last week, there's not a LeBron stopper. There just isn't. You know, you just have to do what you can do on your side of the football and hope they miss a couple because yeah. – they're just that good. There's a reason Mahomes is getting half a billion dollars and Lamar's going to get something close to that coming up in a year or two. I mean, there's reasons for that. They don't just hand out those contracts to guys who are average. These are the cream of the cream of the cream of the crop. And to think that anybody, especially a rookie coming out in the draft, can be a stopper in that area is just unrealistic, I think. But much like this past year with the offensive line being such a strong class and that being our number one need, I think the defensive back seven is quite obviously becoming where they're going to be focusing, and early returns on this coming upcoming class are that the linebacking group, the cornerback group, and the safety group are going to be deep and varied, and it's going to match up well with the Browns' needs. So whatever they don't address at the trade deadline and or via free agency, there should be some guys in this class that match up with the values and the needs that we're looking at that can come in and help right away. And I agree with you. The reality is it was a fun little little homework. Also to see, you know, I don't know what pronunciation guide you use or if you just guess, but it's really impressive. Um, and a little tease from both Stephen and I coming up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I have something coming out this week, either Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, looking at uh, some trade deadline options. And then right. I know, Stephen, you'll be bringing that along as well with, with even kind of a, a wider array of, of players um, I can say this as a, a check mark in Stephen and I's draft boxes. Looking at some headlines, Jeremy Chin, another big day. Mm. Uh, Jeremy Chin finished an impressive performance. Um, where's the other one? Uh, Jeremy Chin clearly has a bright future. So I can say that one of the, uh, not, Le, not Lamar stoppers or Patrick Mahomes stoppers, but one of the types of players that you and I both right. look at as a player that can make a difference. Listen, I'll take four more of Jeremy Chin. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take two more Grant Delpits, uh, and, I'll, and I'll work from there. But that is, that is the type of player. But I think you're right. It, it is an impossibility, um, you know, to, to assume one guy or even just in general that a couple guys – Great players in the NFL, especially on offense, are going to make plays. There are also defenders. Aaron Donald is a great example. Watch him just toss players around. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what they do, there are some defensive players that can blow up some level of of game plans. But even then, you know, the Rams are still losing games, right? So it's, it's not as easy on defense to make that kind of difference, uh, unfortunately. And so we have to deal with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson for the next uh, foreseeable future, uh, but but in the more near term future, um, the Browns have three tough games coming up, or at least uh, games that are assumed to be tough. Even if you know we start with Dallas here, they're one and two. Obviously, that's that record doesn't say a lot. But we got the Cowboys, the Colts, and the Steelers. Uh, the Colts uh, would be at home. The Cowboys and Steelers on the road. Stephen, as you look at the next three weeks, 
what are some of the things you're looking for and what kind of um, outcome or what kind of record after six weeks or after week six ends are you expecting or hoping for? Well, I'm going to throw the Bengals in there uh, as well because the, of the next four games, if they can go two and two, uh, sure. I think we're in good shape. I really do. And just between you and I, I think not that they're a bad team. I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, but I think the Colts are being a bit overhyped. I think the Browns are a good matchup for I, – I think we match up well against them. So I think that's a game that we should win at home. So if they can get the Colts and then beat the Bengals again, um, even if they don't – even if they go 0-2 against the Cowboys and the Steelers, well, that puts them at 4-3. You're heading into the Raiders in the bye week. So you're at minimum 500 heading into the bye week. And I think that's really all you could hope for in this first year with this, uh, with this schedule. Now, that doesn't mean they can't beat the Cowboys or the Steelers. I think they can beat either or both of those teams. But obviously, they're much tougher matchups. The Cowboys, like you said, they're 1-2. and two. But when it comes down to matchups in the NFL, and we are their offense is a terrible matchup for what our defense has shown so far. We are going to have to, if the Browns are going to win this game, you're looking at a 45-41 type thing. I mean, it's really going to be because the Cowboys are lighting it up on offense, and they're going to be angry this week, and they're going to be at home, and um, the the things that they do in their 11 personnel with their three wide sets, unless some of the guys <laughs> coming back in the defensive backfield round into form far quicker than you normally would returning from an injury, man, it could be a long day uh, for that uh, for that defensive backfield this coming week. Now, that doesn't mean they can't win the game. They can. Because one of the things the Cowboys, you know, we are just as bad of a matchup for their defense. Their defense has been, you know, uh, inconsistent at best. And we also know that with Jarrah involved, when the Cowboys start losing, the situation in that locker room can spiral out of control in a hurry. So if they are in the early stages of Jarrah-induced uh, chaos down there, maybe that will work to our advantage. It's probably too early for that, but it, you know, if we can somehow get a lead on them early, maybe the things start to tighten up over there. Maybe the pressure starts to get to them uh, in the locker room and, and things fall our way, but this, as far as the Steelers go, there was a lot of Browns fans writing them off in the offseason, and that was just so blatantly wrong because their defense was lights out last year. They missed the playoffs because of just horrendous quarterback play, so with Roethlisberger coming back, he hasn't been, you know, prime era Big Ben, but he didn't need to be. He, he's been good, you know. He's been he's been a pretty good quarterback so far, and he's just now rounding back into shape. And so we knew if he was anywhere close to what he used to be, they were going to be a tough out because their defense is just freaking scary. Um, so you know, if they like I said, if they can get the Colts and the Bengals, and then even if they lose both of those games, they're in good shape. If they can somehow take one of those. Then they could be off and running because the confidence for this team in this new system will grow every week. You can see it. Wins will only accelerate that process. And so if they can somehow go down and steal this this week in the in the Big D and then come home and defend their home turf against the Colts, man, 
we could be looking at something special because now you're talking about picking up something at the trade deadline, the back end of the schedule. No, there's no North Texas states in the NFL, but it's definitely there's two New York teams. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Near the end of the year, they may not be North Texas. They're New York. Exactly. So there's again, and I know this frightens Browns fans to death, but on paper, there's those games in the Jags game that they, they should win. I mean, unless something goes wrong. So if and they the can terrible the, Eagles with the, the Carson Wentz problem? That's the other thing. That What are the Eagles going to look like by the time we see them? I think, personally, the Texans are much better than 0-3, but what are they going to look like? You know, if they keep losing, do they dump Bob? Does the season go into chaos? I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that could happen in the back end of that schedule, but if you look at it, if they go 4-4, four and four, to start this, you know, uh, into the bye week, that's three wins that they should have. That gets them to seven. So they only got to scrounge two more wins to really, really be in the thick of that playoff race. And I really, as we've said all year, I really think that that is the bar we should be looking at, nine or ten wins. And if not snagging one of those um, uh, wild card spots, at minimum, being in the chase until the last week or the second to last week of the season is where we should be focusing, and I don't think it's at all unrealistic. Yeah, absolutely. And just a little inside, when you hear that your host laughing, normally it's some random thought going through my head, and that currently was thinking of Tavio Thomas matched up with C.D. Lamb. And while <laughs> Thomas it says he's 5'10", dude looks about 5'6 on the field, uh, and C.D. Lamb at 6'3", two-something, um, just just that visual just popped into my head and made me laugh. Like, oh, that'll be a lot of fun. Great. But you're right. I think, you know, it's all about setting appropriate and realistic goals. And so the next three or four weeks, again, Philip Rivers is Philip Rivers, not Philip Rivers. Like, I know he's Philip Rivers. That's not actually what you think it means anymore. And it right. hasn't been probably for three seasons. Um, and so the Colts, you know, in a lot of ways thought they were, you know, at the same level or a step ahead of where the Browns are. But, you know, can't figure out where they're going to be with their quarterback. The Steelers, not only do they have Big Ben back in that great defense, it is something to be said about a team that has been together running the same systems or versions of the system, right? Because that's where you get your your sixth cornerback who can play. Well, he's been in the system for two or three years. You put him in there, he knows what he's doing, the communication is good. All of that stuff, stuff that the Browns are a couple years away from even having an opportunity for. So, Stephen, before we finish up, um, we know there's a few little news and note, notes out there a little bit. JoJo Natson out, obviously out for the year. Um, it looks like Earl Thomas is going to be uh, signed by the Texans because Bob will sign anybody or trade for anybody at this point in time uh, to try to save his jobs running that um, team. Um, so for the Browns, you know, obviously Thomas was at least in people's heads. The whole Ronnie Harrison thing, this is how I said it, and you tell me what your thoughts are. The Jags gave him up for a fifth-round pick. He was still on a rookie contract, um, and they still were willing to give him up for a fifth-round pick. The Browns have now had him for a while, and 10 days off, and the dude saw seven snaps mm-hmm. after 10 days. So, to me, that means either Joe Woods' defense is really complicated, really complicated, or Ronnie Harrison's not very smart, um, or, so the, the the second actual real or, is that Ronnie Harrison is not that good. You can go three levels deep and wonder, were they just holding him off until uh, the Dallas game? So where are you? What are your thoughts on, you know, Ronnie Harrison's seven snaps after ten days off? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It's it's I don't have an answer, but it's definitely 
curious. You wonder what the plan is uh, there with him and MJ Stewart the same way. They're just they were brought in, and then you know MJ Stewart was waived, so that's a bit different. But still, you look at the the plays being given up on the back end of this defense, and you, you hate to say it this way, but you think, God, how much worse could it be? You know, uh, put, <laughs> let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Browns conversation. <laughs> Exactly. So I, I don't know. I, 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 the Jags, yeah. Normally, giving up giving up somebody for a day three pick, um, I, you absolutely make that deal every time if you're the Browns. It's still a great deal, regardless of whether how we how it works out. Like we said uh, way back when when it happened, but it 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 brings up questions. Um, but then you think about the Jags; they do a lot of questionable things. So who who knows? Uh, what was going on down there? I'm, I'm actually, I'm curious to see what he does. I, I, there's a conspiracy part of my brain that is thinking maybe they've just been really vanilla the last two weeks and didn't want to show their hand, uh, you know, because as we've said a million times, they, they should have beaten these two teams. So why, you know, show anything special uh, before you have this, this tougher stretch coming up here? So maybe that's playing into it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they're working on his footwork or his technique or there's something going on, you know, dinged up injury-wise that they haven't released publicly, it, it's it's hard to say. But we're getting to the point now where, like you said, we got to start looking ahead to maybe some trade deadline guys that could be brought in. Um, so if he can't make his mark before that and they make a move, uh, then what happens? I don't know. I don't, You know, it, it's hard to say what's going on with Ronnie Harrison, but the athleticism is there. Um, the playmaking ability is there. It's uh, maybe maybe he's just not up to speed yet. Maybe, like you said, it's just it's just so complex back there that it's taken him a little longer to figure it out. Yeah, and again, we will find out, right? Again, long term, short term, all of that stuff. The Browns are really in the middle, right? They, if we can all be really honest, they're highly unlikely to beat a healthy Ravens team. Highly unlikely to beat a healthy Chiefs team in the playoffs. Like, that's just not – they're not there yet, right? Like, you know, we would all still want to give them a puncher's chance against the Steelers. And so they're not there yet, but they're also not in a rebuild mode. So they're in this very unique spot where, you know, it, it, it is about this year, but it's also about really next year and the year after. So make the playoffs this year or at least really strongly compete for it and then figure the rest out from there. So, yeah, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Harrison plays. You know, are they playing 3D checkers and chess – um, with how they're doing some things with these two games in a row with against teams they thought they should beat. Who knows? We'll find out. I don't think any Browns coach should ever do that ever again, ever assume they're going to win games. But, again, maybe he is just taking a little bit longer to get it. Yeah. He's every, and that's the thing. And thing I, I've probably said more than almost anything else covering the team for the last decade is um, for, for Browns fans and media and everything, this is year – X, right? So for me, the first Browns memory I have was 1985, 86, somewhere in that area as a child. So this is year, you know, 30-something for me. For Kevin Stefanski, it's year one, Mm -hmm. right? For Joe Woods, it's year one. And so it's just a different place to be. You know, for Steven, it's year 80. Um, I just had to, man. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen, my friend, thank you so much for coming on tonight and uh, for this Tuesday morning recording of the OBR podcast, man. I appreciate you having me on. 
Always fun after we pick up a W, my friend. Uh, we'll ho- let's hope we're doing another one next week. Uh, a nice, exciting, uh, you know, Chargers-Dolphins from the 80s-style victory. How fun would that be, a 51-45 or something like that? That would be fun to watch. Listen, win the game, we'll analyze everything after either way. <laughs> yep. So just go ahead and win it. Uh, so the wait is finally over. Football is back. The Browns have won two games in a row. Baker didn't throw an interception. Like, football is back in a way we're not used to. You might not be at a game this year. I heard the 6,000 of, of you that were in uh, First Energy Stadium this uh, this last week. Great job. Uh, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Thank you all for stopping by. Appreciate your time. Take care of yourselves, take care of others, and go Browns.